Good morning, podcast listeners. This is Gregory coming to you on the podcast First Marathon. Happy September 1st. You can follow me on Instagram at G-A-R-U-T-C-H. You can text me 650-224-2621. And uh, you can tell me what strikes you in your training, what's working for you, uh, what's not working for you. Um, it is 10 a.m. on this Sunday, Labor Day weekend, and I just finished my 18-mile run. Uh, lost my sunglasses somewhere right out of the box, uh, running with a vest since last week, first long run with a vest, and I must have flicked the sunglasses out of the pocket that I stuffed them in stupidly uh, somewhere. So, and I kind of know when I noticed they were missing. So I'm back to that area now, um, walking around because it's between my home and where I finished and haven't found them yet. But I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. The first thing was I wanted to talk about this concept of meditation while you run. And uh, I wanted to try to explain myself a bit uh, in the context of pain and suffering. Um, I think it's very important to be honest that When we are in injury, physical, verifiable injury, what I mean by verifiable, I mean that there's a lump, a bump, a broken something. Um, We can really put our literal finger on the source of the pain. Or it's a pain inside our body, which we can't put our finger on. It's It's a origin site of pain. You know, there's, there's only so much we can do, uh, you know, to meet the pain kind of where it is. But one of the things we can do is to try to, using the words of Rumi, focus on the hurt spot. Focus on the hurt spot. That is where light will shine through. What the fuck does that mean in practice? Well, when you're running, I mean, setting aside the difficulties of doing that when you're just in a sitting meditation, but when you're running, for me, I have, I know that I have something in my right hamstring. It is, you know, I can't, uh, can't describe where it is. I mean, it's on my right side. If you put your thumb on the top of your thigh, that's 12 o'clock. On the immediate side of your right thigh, that's 
three o'clock, bottom of your thigh would be six. That's the meat of your hamstring. My problem came initially into the meat of the hamstring and uh, at what I would call seven o'clock, which is a little bit a little bit around and under seven o'clock. And uh, I don't know exactly what caused it, but I do know that I've had this thing since before the LA Marathon. And of course, before that, I had issues with my calves. If you've been following me, my left hip, you know, these are what some people call niggles as opposed to an injury. And a difference between an injury and a niggle is a niggle is something that kind of bothers you. An injury is something that shuts you down. My niggle in my hamstring comes randomly when I run, uh, sometimes when I walk. And what I have found is, is if I immediately cast my mind to my niggle, my almost injury, it's not really an injury, and I go, whoa, Jesus, that's just horrible. What's going on there? Then chances are it's going to become inflamed almost instantaneously. But what I've learned to do is just let it let it kind of do its thing. Yeah, obviously I shift my body a little so that it somehow finds a way out. But it's it's just energy. It's energy maybe it comes because of a gait issue I have. Gait issue means kind of both how my foot hits the ground as well as the mechanics of my run working on that gate since I started running seriously a year ago uh, but by simply just almost turning away from it I glance at it acknowledge it and I turn away from it keeping it almost a peripheral eye on it as if you would a child that maybe is playing independently and might have just fallen. But what we know about many children, and I'm not a father, so I'm not speaking as a father, I'm speaking as a child, that falling and scraping your knee is one thing. Crying about it somehow is another. And the response is not simultaneous. Or each of those two things are mutually exclusive. So in our own system, our moment we feel the niggle, moment we are aware of it, in our body, there's a lag time between that moment and the time our brain basically says, send out a fire truck or just do nothing. Just kind of acknowledge it, see you. So the big problem with this, obviously, is that if you 
happen to be in the midst of trauma, trauma is not a niggle. Trauma is, as you may know, this is probably not what you expected to hear on a marathon podcast, but I think it's important for you to know why I do this running. Uh, Or maybe it's important for you to stop listening because you're not interested to know why, which is fine. I appreciate you listening up till now. But I do this running to understand myself better and to understand how my world, the world, works. How human beings experience and process what's happening. And uh, when you're in the midst of trauma, back to what the problem is with this, this kind of approach of just passive attention is trauma is an overwhelming uh, alert. I mean, it it results in an overwhelming alert. It is either tremendous physical or emotional harm right now or the recurrence of it, either because it's happening again or your body or mind has been triggered into it happening again. What we do know, I mean, you can read Mark Epstein, The Trauma of Everyday Living, uh, and many other books. Um, We can just got exposed to Dr. John Sarno's book on the healing back pain. And what what I'm understanding, and we'll get to that in a moment, uh, trauma lives in your body. And... By living in your body, I mean it becomes a part of your muscles and bones as in the form of an injury, you know, in the form of a scar or the form of a tear or the form of a lump, but also uh, it, it becomes cellular and... Uh, I don't know how. Um, Obviously, there's science and physics and biology that I could figure out. Uh, We know about mitochondria and leukocytes. Mitochondria is the engine of the cell. Leukocyte, I forget what the hell that is. That might be the immunology of the cell. And then... the cell wall, cell wall, it's kind of a me- metaphor for the human separation between the outside and the inside self, and the notion of equilibrium and homeostasis, and we know about what, you know, the sodium-potassium pump, in other words, the outside of the cell and the inside of the cell, and keeping balance and salt levels, and, but the point is, is that trauma becomes cellular. You have to first believe it. Uh, you know, if if you don't believe it, that's fine. But uh, you believe it basically based on personal knowledge. You don't believe something just because somebody tells you. You believe it because you experience it. So when you experience trauma in your body, you'll believe it, that it's cellular. So when you're in the midst of trauma... Just casting an eye to yourself is impossible. 
you are in the boat, the storm is raging around you, and the boat is, you know, in the process of being capsized. Whether it capsizes or not is almost irrelevant. The fact that it's tossing and turning violently. So what do you do? Well, you're not running a marathon at that point, but what do you do? Well, here's one thing you do. When you find yourself in the midst of a storm, you have to first be able to see that you're in that boat before you can do anything for yourself other than fight for your life. So, the first thing that I've been taught to do is, good morning, is to listen. Listen to the self. So if you listen to the self, you practice listening when you're not in the midst of trauma, what do you listen to? What do you listen for? Well, if you listen for the moments and for the poor parts of your body that are tense, and you basic, when you're not in the midst of a storm, and you begin to practice an opening, meaning you breathe into the shoulder, which is where I first feel tension, or into the throat and neck, or into the brow. And you breathe into it, meaning that you take an inhale through your nose or your mouth, but I think two starting in your nose slowly. First one is almost always too fast and too forceful. You find people who breathe the first inhale in is that like they're like that bull that you see breathing out steam. You know, their forehead is all crunched up and their nostrils are open. But when you look at Usain Bolt running, sprinting a hundred meters, he doesn't breathe that way. He's breathing from his belly. He's literally just letting his belly button almost fall down in front of him and at the same time letting his shoulders drop and just seeing if he can let air come into his lungs by the biology of it. The anatomy of breathing happens from the diaphragm and even the pelvic floor, but the diaphragm which is the bottom of your ribs dropping down like a balloon in the process of creating a change in pressure in your chest cavity expands your lungs, which have no muscles in them. Chest is your ribs where the muscles are. There are no muscles in your lungs. The lungs are filled with air, not on their own volition, but by the process of moving the diaphragm, which is a you know, nerve-based process and a something that started with the muscles. Muscle. By the way, I didn't find my sunglasses yet. I'm just walking almost home. So, anyway. So, when we're not in the storm, we take that relaxed, shoulders dropped, 
drop the belly, inhale through our nose, and a slow exhale out of our mouth. And we begin to see light. We actually begin to feel ourselves here in our sneakers, in our shorts. That's how most people run. Remember, this is a podcast about running. And for the first time, catch ourselves. Having been up till now in a trance somewhere else, worrying, cycling, obsessing, stuck. And if we do this, pulling ourselves out of the trance. Morning. Hi. While we run. And we come back to the fact that there is no problem. There is no problem. Because when we're relaxed and our shoulders are down, your stomach is soft, and our breath is relaxed. Even though our shoulders might have started a little tight, maybe they're a little less tight, we can see ourselves right here in the context of our lives, even for a moment. And like Rumi said, maybe we can then focus our thoughts on where it hurts. On the, on the weak part, the part that, that has pain, because that is where the light will shine through. So, as we finish this podcast today, sure, very philosophical, I urge you to practice whatever you do to bring you here in the life that's happening right now. And if it's running, just the pounding part or listening to music, it's great. Uh, if you can use it to kind of cleanse yourself, in other words, constantly come back to this moment, awesomeness of the air coming across your body, wind, whatever's happening around you, and that's great too. See you out there. This weekend is 20. So glad I crushed today. Very proud of myself. Have a great Labor Day. Peace.